0: okay hello shift listeners and patreon listeners this is going to be kind of annoying for the patreon heads because i'm just doing a solo episode for the shift which means you guys got a double solo this week but i'll try not to repeat myself and i'm gonna try and sort of rework the patreon um a bit because i think doing one solo a week is probably too much and then trying to get a guest every week for the shift is becoming way too hard now that it's all back in real life. So might do more solo episodes for the shift and then just do two long bonus solo episodes for the Patreon. And I'll still do like I have a bunch of interviews lined up but just when I can't get someone I'll just either do solo or have Leland on. Um and then it's this is a good example of what the Patreon is. So if you ever want to come over to the Patreon except for I just talk about a bit more private stuff feels like sometimes like a bit of a therapy session. <laughs> but yeah. Um and for this week's episode on the solo, in the Patreon, the bonus, I talked about going to the Katie Taylor Fi, um and watching and just a bit more in detail about watching the porn. So shocking some of this stuff, but you know, me and Leland already talked about it. was it, like I did say this on the solo Patreon, I will say it was and I think I said this on last week's episode uh, the only thing for me was it was amazing how when you're not watching that, like me just seeing naked people was like a turn on so like I'm so not desensitized to any of this stuff so I'm kind of happy because you know, I kind of need that now And maybe every once in a while, I don't even need to see anything too crazy, just like a naked two naked people touching each other and I'm like, oh Jesus, this is great Um. so yeah, there is something to be said, like I m- remember Oh, maybe I should uh, see if this comedian can come on and talk about it. But he had to stop watching porn because he had like a porn addiction and wasn't able to orgasm or like come with women during sex because of it. So he had to like stop and he had to stop masturbating and like get himself back to a level. But I think he did. I remember him talking about it on stage. So I must reach out to him and see if he'll ever come on and talk to uh, me on the podcast and on Thursday night, um, next week's episode will be up early on the Patreon because my friend who uh sorry, oh, I have to breathe a lot lately. Oh, Jenny has ever struggled with that. I just feel like out of breath all the time. I really just need to exercise. But anyway, uh she just got engaged. She's a comedian. She's all the reason why I started comedy because I saw her in New York and I was like, Oh my god, women are so funny. I just never really watched comedy and never really saw a lot of stand-up other than tommy tiern and i binged him when i was younger um and then that was it like i never it never occurred to me to do it and then i was saw her here at a show when i first moved over and i was like oh my gosh women are so funny i want to do this i want to be like her and so it'd be great to have her on also she's very open about having bipolar so i wanted to ask her a few questions about that because i do think mental health is still like it needs to be destigmatized is that the word in Ireland um because I think Ireland has a really bad attitude had in the past anyway um with mental health and I think people were always afraid to get diagnosed in case they'd be judged whereas it's like in my not professional opinion but just in my opinion I think that it's way better to get diagnosed get the help that you need and get your life on track and so many comedians that I know have, like, very indifferent um, mental health issues that they're very open about here because, you know, well, A, people in America are way more open about stuff like that. They just don't give a fuck, and it's great. Um, and then comedians as well, I guess, are a bit more, like, more willing to share about themselves because we just, you know, I guess we don't care as much, and we we put a lot of our public life on uh, display. But, like, most of my comedy friends have something um that they're very open about and say that their life has been so much better since they got diagnosed and then got the help that they needed um and like whether that's depression or the different types of bipolar or borderline you know ptsd all the things uh so i think it's yeah it's just so annoying that there's any shame associated with that and it should be no like go get yourself like try out the different things get see different um professionals and I just yeah I just think it's very hard darling because like it's even hard in New York and and I think the hardest part of it is actually just doing the work it's the same with me and exercising I really need to exercise I'm fucking so unfit uh the doctors have said it to me multiple times that it's like I've low white blood cells you just need to exercise I don't know what's wrong with me I just hate exercising (laughs) plus I have rosacea so it makes me really really red um and then it's so annoying cause, yeah, people point that uh, that's also th- also as well anybody listen if someone has a red face you don't need to point them out we can feel it okay i remember one time being out with people and my face was really red and they were like you upset you're upset but then i was making my face redder and i wasn't upset i just have rosacea and it just come it flares up god knows what it could be booze it could be food it could be oh, i didn't wear sun cream that day and then and if you add emotions that so then people start pointing out it's going red and red and they're like you're not okay you're not okay and then there was like multiple people saying it to me and I was like for fuck's sake <laughs> leave me alone but uh yeah so I as I'm saying the only reason why I say about the uh, exercise is because I'm being a complete hypocrite in saying because I know that I need to do that but for anybody listening who has any mental health, like I wish I wish I had have went to therapy 10 years ago, but I didn't want to. I was terrified I would go and they would. T- I, that was the reason why I didn't want to go because I didn't want to be diagnosed with something. And I thought oh, I couldn't handle that if I was, you know, I didn't want to be, Um, I, you know, I didn't want to be like what I'd kind of seen growing up. But in hindsight, now I know that was seeing someone undiagnosed. And maybe if that person had gotten the help that they need and gotten the tablets that they need or gotten the, the ter- therapy, whatever type of therapy, Maybe that would have been a completely different situation, so yeah. And go me going to therapy and like also uh, it was amazing because firstly it's life changing because um straight away you're validated in your experiences because like I I I I said this on the solo podcast. There's a little bit of repetition, but um the a friend recently was like who is like super. Uh, anti-therapy and was like but you could have just talked all that out to your friends and I was like yeah but I was always talking to my friends for years and the big thing is like you don't you feel embarrassed to tell them the full extent you don't want to feel like a victim and then you feel a bit silly and then like I think it's a very Irish thing as well to be like oh no I'm grand even though inside you're not and you just want to get on with things and then so you kind of are just push like always pushing it down pushing it down and then it comes out in other ways. So you think you're fine. And then for me, I was having like night terrors every night, sleep paralysis. And so just having someone that I pay and now I'm only paying $15 a month or a session. So it's like really that's less than two drinks and a night out. So I can I can pay that. Um, And for Americans, that's Valera Health. It's really great. Uh, that sort of thing as well. <laughs> oh so sorry what I was trying to say was I think the hardest thing is actually figuring out how to do it like we'll go oh it's too expensive I can't do it but if you actually ask around you look into it you'll find something that's right for you so if you're living in America if you're not making that much money you'll get on health insurance you'll get really cheap health insurance and then you can find therapists who'll take that cheap health insurance so like Valera Health or you can look up therapists and training and she's like they might have, they're going to want to do their best so they're probably just as good as like uh, a therapist who's who's been doing it long term um so there is different ways and then you can find people who are like off the books my friend got a guy who just takes cash and he loves him he's having a great time with him uh, For he's been one of for years and i i have seen the growth with him as well because we talk a lot about therapy and like things he's learned and um anyway so there is it's just it's it's just amazing, uh, and and the worst thing I thought was going to happen was they would be like, oh yeah, you're you're wrong, or you have this, or but they're not going to do that. And if they do tell you that there's something and you, you might need a certain tablet or whatever, that's okay. You'll deal with that. You'll take it and you'll figure out which tablets you need. And that's why I'm really excited to have her on because it seems like she really got her life together and she's such an advocate for mental health. Um, and I and my experience with therapy was like she hasn't ever diagnosed me with anything she just was like okay how can we like the first step was like how can we help with getting rid of your nightmares and I'm sure if we hadn't gotten rid of that maybe she would have tried other stuff but she was just like a really like yeah stuff that maybe I could have googled and found out myself but it was like nice having a professional tell me that and it helped because I don't have fucking nightmares anymore and I don't have the sleep paralysis. Service paralysis guy thank god which was really creepy because it was a different guy in ireland it was like a little creature in ireland and it was a man in the corner in america so had me starting to believe in ghosts (laughs) and like you know creepy supernatural stuff which is also kind of terrifying because i'm in a hotel on my room saying this now has very shining vibes so supernatural if you're here please don't show yourself i can't deal with it my mental health is not strong enough yet but um yeah so uh, and just also as well, getting to talk for 45 minutes selfishly. Because I think that's another thing as well. Like, if, if people are like me, I feel really guilty just dumping my problems on my friends. And it was funny, like, what she did diagnose me with, um, and it's not like, but it was like things I would have never known. And it was so true when I, when she said it, she said I had like, um, and this is stuff I've shared on the Patreon, the solo Patreon. But uh, fantasy um no wait like a savior fantasies or something like that which is like really embarrassing to admit I didn't realize but basically I guess in my subconscious I felt like I wasn't saved in the situation I was in so I just want to help people uh all the time and so in turn I was dating these kind of like fucked up guys which makes a lot of sense because I dated a lot of fucked up guys a lot of guys I was attracted to guys with issues and I did I loved helping them and then I had all these friendships where the friendships were really built off me like listening to their problems and trying to help and I have like a lot of great friendships too but um a lot of the great friendships those people didn't like overstep that boundary but I didn't know how to put in those boundaries myself so I'd had these other friendships where I was like kind of like an on-call therapist and who the fuck do I think I am like I, I don't know I'm not qualified to be given my therapy, but... And then I would realise after she's pointed this out that... Oh, I needed to change certain aspects of my friendships and going forward, put up... I need to put up those boundaries because it's not fair to them either. Like, if I'm just like... uh, You know... Well... I guess it's not fair to me if I'm honest but I just didn't realize that and and as well I don't want that to be like uh my identity or like my personality where I'm just like always uh, the friend that is there to help and do everything and like yeah so it was like something I had to really think about about myself and like change that and I think that's the thing like if you go to therapy you know they're going to point out things that like oh okay yeah I do that and I need, I need to work on that because I, I used to be very defensive and very protective and overly independent. And that was another thing with dating. I hated having anyone feel like I needed them. So I was very much like, I got it. I got this. And, you know, a part of dating is being vulnerable and letting somebody help you. So going through therapy has been amazing to like learn that. Or even like people like remember we had, um I, I didn't think it was Anwar White who said this on the podcast. So again, it's probably a bit of repetition, but how specifically Irish women are very independent um, and then like that men like to be you know need like uh, or they like to help that's how they show their their love or whatever I remember one time dating a guy and he was like uh, trying to show me how to cook a steak and I got like kind of snappy about it I was like uh, I know how to cook a steak but you know in hindsight we wouldn't have never been a good match but also I could have just been like I could have just let him show me how to take, cook the steak like it's not that end of the world um but yeah it's kind of yeah it kind of like it and it would be annoying if he was constantly trying to show me how to do things but also like let someone help you a little bit sometimes you know like let someone in it's like vun- being vulnerable and that really helped with like me and Leland are together isn't this so sad that I'm recording this podcast right now when we're together a year that sounds like the saddest thing ever but no uh, he's at work and I'm Oh, i'm also absolutely exhausted because i um it's <laughs> a fucking nightmare to get here but so he's in dc so i i reserved the two days off from all the comedy show clubs um like blocked it off and be, you know and it's a year i haven't been with anybody for a year in a really long time and i've been like oh and you guys now like such a hopeless romantic and dating like And I dated some nice guys, but they just weren't suited for me. And dated some absolute nightmares. I feel like a journalist chasing the story sometimes. Like, I'm like, was I doing that for comedy? Because, but no, I don't even think it was for comedy. Like, great stories came out of it. But I also think it was just because of that, what the therapist said. And I'm forgetting the fucking name of it. But, like, save your fantasies or whatever. Just wanting to help people because. And that was a big part of it as well. It was like, mm, you know, you have to look at your dating history and be like. uh, Like, yeah, it's unlucky to date a couple of people but like after a while when it's the same personality again and again and like i'm going out of my way to date those people I like i had to look at myself and i think that's really for anybody who wants a relationship and is dating the wrong people i think that's the best advice i can give is maybe like i've seen like i sound like a fucking instagram meme now but like look at yourself and why are you attracted to those people because you know i was attracted to that that's why i identified all that like kind of drama and um those kind of like what's the what like i guess emotionally abusive uh, yeah but you know you have to just work through your issues and whatever your fucking childhood dramas are or whatever and it could be anything you know it could be and it's stuff you don't even probably realize like my therapist was saying we all have triggers that we might not even know so like if i get in an argument with leland he has a trigger uh That he it could be something from his childhood that's might like might not it's not like necessarily anything big but it's how he he internalizes the information I'm giving him. So how do I explain this? Basically, like like if I get mad and if I like shout like sh- I would never shout but let's say if I'm like I'm mad and he'll kind of shut down. So we've had to learn to communicate like where I'm like look I'm only telling you from my perspective so you can understand where I'm coming from and then he has to be like okay uh she's not like this is an attack or whatever so like even though he's had like a great upbringing and a great childhood there's probably something that some reason why he kind of gets into that shutdown mode and he's had to work on that too but that's only because my fucking therapist told me and I communicated that back to him and you know and he was able to be like okay yeah and you just need to give me time to process whatever you're saying and I'm like okay grant so now I know he'll just take like a minute it's like the words are just they they land in his brain and then he just needs to kind of sit with it understand what I'm saying look at it from my perspective that it's not like and then be like oh okay I get what you're where you're coming from but like we wouldn't have figured that out if it wasn't for my therapist so I have to say best $15 a week I've ever spent <laughs> um and yes yeah, so sorry we're together here today he's at work but I said, oh, okay, I'll get there. And I fucking hate getting up early because I re- this is why I love being a stand up comedian because I really struggle with going to sleep at night. And uh, my brain's just wired uh, all of the time, and especially when I go to bed. And I'm sure a lot of us feel that way. But I just, if I know that I have to be up in, for up in the morning, I can't go to sleep. But if I don't have to be up, like if it's just like, oh, I got a podcast at four and I got a show at eight, I'll go, I'll fall asleep and not a bother, not a care in the world. But if I have anything that is before 11 a.m., I'm just like I'm not gonna get up. I'm not gonna. Go. I'm not gonna wake the alarms. I'm not gonna. And then I'm hearing every noise and everything and th- daydreaming about daydreaming about ridiculous things like if I were like a CIA agent or some bullshit, you know. So it's really annoying. And last night, um, I knew I had to, so I booked the Amtrak because I've never to Amtrak before here seven and a half years. And I was like, that sounds fancy, and it was on sale for forty dollars. So. I'm getting a free hotel so I was like and Leland's driving back so I was like I'll just do that I'll get that I'll be able to see the views <laughs> um, and when I so I had to get up at half five this morning and I slept maybe it doesn't even feel like I slept maybe it was like two or three hours because I was like in and out like waking up checking my phone when I got up it was like thunder lightning like you know like where it's like thunder and then there's the lightning Uh, so I was walking and I was like okay don't get electrocuted now on your year anniversary that'd be so shit I'm at the point in my relationship where I totally trust uh, Leland and a hundred percent like I'd never even dream I've no fear of him ever going off with a woman but now my fears are that one of us will die because I'm so happy and I'm like I was like well is that like such a fucking Irish thing that we just can't ever be happy like literally he'll be like okay I'm on my way and I'll be like okay just like look left and right when you're crossing the road when you're crossing the road um I told him the other day I was like if we if I die you can get with another person but you can only be with her like lifetime long term because if we're ghosts or the afterlife is real, that bitch better not come back as a ghost and try to date you then as well. So you need to be very clear with all these women afterwards. But um yeah, so it's like I'm gonna get fucking electrocuted now and but I didn't obviously. And I also don't know how the weather works, so I don't even know if that's possible. Uh and then I got on the train and got to Amtrak and it was like delays, delays. And you're so annoying. I hate when people are like passive aggressive cunts because it's like there was a guy and he was like shouting about the delays. But, I, I, you know, we kind of queued up to talk to him. And I was just trying to say because my train wasn't on the board at all. So I just wanted to be like, oh, is, is that train delayed or just not coming? And instead of him, like, letting me ask that, I was like, yeah, I just want to ask. And because he was like, yes, yes. Yeah. What would you like to ask? And I was like, yeah, I just want to ask about my train. And he goes, yes, even for you, even for you, they're delayed. And I'm like, you fucking cunt. Anyway, so then I went in and I finally figured out that my train, that I guess I booked a ticket that was going to North Carolina and my stop was in D.C. And uh, it was also delayed. They're all delayed. But, like, the thing is, they're shouting about these delays, but it's, like, in Amtrak, which is, like, a big, like, church. It'd be like, you know when someone shouts in, like, a kind of church or a hall, their voice gets lost. So I have no fucking clue what he's saying. Eventually, some guy came around, but I'd been waiting there for two hours. And some guy came around and said that someone had crashed their car in New Jersey at 3 a.m. I know we're all making the presumption that I was probably a drunk driver. I don't 100% know. I feel like that might have been a drunk driver. But maybe it was just late coming home, the storm. But whatever way they managed to crash the car, they crashed it into a big pole that carried all the power. And that pole landed over four tracks. So power gone, four tracks gone. And I guess the trains come have to come back into New York in the morning and then get cleaned and go back out. So there was no trains in New York. And uh, yeah, they were like, you can kind of wait around we don't really know, we won't be till 11, and sure I've been there since 7, and it's, at this stage, it's fa- 10 to 9, and I looked up, and there was, like, and there's these, like, buses, um, and they're, like, mad, ra- like, they have bad, bad reviews, they're, like, really cheap, and they're, like, kind of dodge, and so, and I got one before, and I remember someone being, like, one of those buses had, like, crashed or something, and they're dodgy, but anyway, I looked up, and there was one coming right outside the building, so I was, like, fuck it, uh, I'm going to go to the toilet and if I'm done in time with the toilet because it's way longer it's like f- it says it's four hours and 45 minutes and the train was going to be three but I was like I'll be waiting here for two hours because they said they'll definitely know nothing until 11 so I might as well just be on a bus for that two hours and get down for sure because if they at 11 if they're still not sure um so I'll, I go to the toilet I run out and it's one minute to nine and the bus driver is like yeah, did you have a ticket? And I was like, no. But I had my phone up, and I saw that the tickets were twenty five dollars, and it would have been twenty eight by the time you paid the service fee on your phone. And he was like, okay, forty dollars. And I was like, I'm not paying forty. And he's like, yeah, well, it's forty. And I was like, no, I'll just buy a ticket online. And he goes, okay, thirty. And I go, no, tickets twenty five online. And he goes, okay, twenty five. And I just gave him twenty five cash. So I actually saved four dollars, uh, even though I lost the Amtrak ticket because they were like, we don't know if we'll refund you because you should really wait here the whole time. Fuck off um so then i got on the bloody bus and i only had one stop which was in philly and this guy was like psycho driver he I, he, he got it was meant to get there at like one forty 2 and he got there at 110 but he was just like zoom uh so it was great but absolutely exhausting because i barely slept and i had to do a ton of work um and yeah so i wanted to for this solo episode uh oh and also as well I want to shout out because um well firstly everybody and any anybody who listens to the podcast and I, I'll do this as a real personal episode but anybody who listens to the podcast thank you so much anybody who follows me on Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff and YouTube and if you're if you don't and you're on those um head over because I post a lot of uh stand-up and um you know it's just uh because I just know that like you know not a lot of people can get out shows and yeah you know I want to grow a f- grow following and all that stuff. Um but I really, really appreciate it. And so what was the point in this? Oh yeah, so someone who does follow me and I don't know him, but we're from the same town and his name's Keith Feely and he's really, really nice. He reached out to me and said he had two um ringside he'd won ringside tickets to the Katie Taylor match but he couldn't make it out and he didn't want them to go waste. And it was uh Williams Hill Buckies gave them to him so I'll and shout out to them too. But I couldn't... And I talk more ex- extent about it in the Patreon, so I won't talk too much about it here, but I just wanted to give him a shout-out. But I couldn't go, take them because I had already, like, dragged, like, a bunch of my non-Irish girlfriends to buy tickets for this who had no stakes in the boxing match and made them get nice... Like, we had good seats, so I wasn't going to ditch them. Um, But uh, he, I told him I couldn't do it. And he was like, is there anybody you know that would really, like, appreciate them or that you'd really like to give them to? And then there's a friend of mine who listens to my um and I didn't get to say this part on the solo podcast so this won't be repeating but uh he listens to or he doesn't listen to my patreon he's just a friend who pays for my patreon but he's really nice and uh he's just a good man so I was like you know what? I think that'd be like my way of giving back because I always feel like you know you want to like give back to people who've supported support obviously so for all you listeners if I ever make a big don't worry I promise I, I I won't get you tickets to my tickets to my show because you'd be sick of me by then. I'll get you tickets to other shows, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I said, could I pass them on to him? And he was like, absolutely. And then they called each other, and sure, uh, he was delighted. And big shout out to Keith. That was so nice. Like, she couldn't give them to a better person, but then he Keith messaged me the next day saying it was so funny because so my friend picked a guy to bring who's also one of my friends, but I knew he had had tickets so. I kind of never, you know, I and anyway, I wanted to give it to this guy because he had, uh, you know, he's been such a supporter of my Patreon, and um, a and as soon as he offered it to the to the other guy, the guy just, you know, ditched his friends and was like, "Yeah, I want to be, I want to be ringside." They were literally right at the ring, like they have like a full size photo of Kate Taylor, and uh, turns out that that the guy he brought is. Uh, is like marrying someone related to to keith so it's such a small world in the end like it's so mad how it all like ireland is so small and isn't it so great then because then he'd be like oh i gave you when they meet uh, when they meet up again next time you'll be like i gave you that ticket um, and i messaged the guy saying like oh this is actually you actually know each other through, uh, through a very close connection but so irish right such a small world um i don't know if i ever mentioned this on the podcast before but uh I, you know, friendships are relationships, so I guess I can talk about it, but uh, my, one of my good friends, and I haven't seen her in a long time, but I worked with her in a bar for about six months, this was like six and a half years ago, no, probably seven actually, oh god, I have to breathe, it's hard when you're talking about yourself, because you don't take a breath, but um it's about seven and a half years ago, and uh, she we were working together for like months and then I tagged a picture this is when I used to use Facebook god I hate I hate Facebook now every time I go I go on like once every six months and I'm like oh I can't even don't even know how to work this anymore because they change it so much but um I had a uh, tagged her in a picture and my dad messaged me being like I didn't know you were there with such and such and I was like how do you know her and he was like you used to play together as kids so I used to work with her father like so random and then it turned out when we like delved more into it i had worked at her father's 60 it just was like a bartender or a server or something at the time so wild like such a small world like when we were hanging out in new york we had no idea we had known each other back in ireland just thought or ah, two other irish people but yeah yeah um oh yeah so i'm um, what did i i have little notes here because I'm, I'm oh i was also reading the new sally rooney book and it was making me think about um I'm not finished it, but she was talking, there was a paragraph in it where it's like, maybe she never lets herself be happy and always pushes away good things. And, um, you know, isn't comfortable being happy because then it could be all taken away. And I think that's like, just something I've just been thinking about because I've been in, I'm now in a year relationship with Leland. I think that's like, realizing why I was dating all these guys, bad guys, was kind of like a form of, like, metaphorically cutting myself if that makes sense because it kind of gave me that made me feel shitty and it's easier to be in that zone and that's how I know to be um and that's how I know what to deal with but like dating a nice guy and that it could work out and then we could just break up for like normal reasons I don't know that was really scary if I'm honest I know that sounds like kind of silly but yeah it just got me thinking and I, I don't know I think like I hope for any of you guys listening if you feel that way to like, yeah, maybe look at that and try to work on it because I'm like worst comes to worst. And me and Leland don't end up together forever. And in the next life, like Scott, I sound like such a psycho. Um, I'm not going to ever regret having this relationship because I've learned so much. Like I've learned to definitely chill out a lot um, and learned even when we first started dating, like how much hang ups I'd brought in from like dating possessive and jealous and, cheaters or whatever and then just like painting all men with that brush or whatever and having to like unlearn all of that. Um and he's so like patient and calm and it's great to and like actually just to date someone nice and when they say what they say, they mean it or that they really want a relationship. And I think a lot of like women who want relationships, especially like maybe in like modern dating and I'm, and I'm only I, I can ex I can talk more for women because obviously I'm a woman and because that's what I hear my girlfriends say. So I'm sure there's guys who experience the same too. And um, is that you're a bit traumatized from dating because so many men will allude to the wanting a girlfriend, but they don't commit to it. And I think it, 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 they don't tell you that they don't want to commit, or they do, but they say, "But maybe you know," or they 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 say, "Like I'm not ready, but I really like you," so you wait around. And so we're all just a bit traumatized that when you do meet someone nice, you're like, "Sure." You know, they're like, oh, I really want to be your, in a relationship. And I want long-term. And you're just kind of like, yeah, we'll see, pal. We'll fucking see. Like, I was bitter. I was like a fucking, like, lady with a cigarette. You know, like an old, like, Irish granny. Like, yeah, you know, like, just kind of, like, sure. And so, uh, after a few months passed, I really got to chill out. Because I was like, oh, he really is genuine. He really does mean these things. He really does care about me. And he's not going to go off with, who, you know, whatever invention in my head and um, and it's it's hard because it's like as people you know you're you're taught that okay learn from your experiences learn from your mistakes so it's really hard to not kind of go okay well I've dated so many shitty nightmares or I've dated so many people who didn't want a relationship but kind of led me on that it's hard not to think okay well the results are it's like the opposite you have to go it's like cuz in science you go off the results and the stats the results and the stats aren't great <laughs> but i guess you just got to fucking trust the process but i think um i think what helped me was really just a like looking in working on yourself all that shit signing up for therapy and B and I didn't actually get on to the therapy until after Leland, but I had been like the past two years like actively trying to date different people and like trying to cut it off earlier and trying to meet like be more attracted to nice people. And I said this on my post today on Instagram, but my dad had said to write down the qualities you want in a partner, and you've heard me say this to guests, but I, I swear by it because even I know and like someone's gonna be rolling their eyes now when I say manifest, but I I believe that. And that, you know, if even if it's not real, even if I'm deluding myself, who's the fuck? It'll, it, I'd rather be deluding myself and be happy than be like, everything's shit and everything's miserable and nothing works out. So um, uh, I remember one time a friend of mine would mess, ring me all the time for like positive talks and that's, oh, that's, what, I, that's what I'm good at, I'm an uplifter. And then tweeted that like, Uh, calling me like a positive bitch and was like, ha, it's not so funny. I was like, no, it's not fucking funny. Don't you fucking take my positivity if you're going to then tweet that I'm a positive bitch because she was like, she said something like, shut up be positive bitch the world has ended or something and I was like oh for fuck's sake but I know that she meant it and at the time it was so interesting at the time I didn't actually communicate that that actually made me feel kind of uncomfortable and I'm sure if I had it she would have been like oh god I didn't realize but it wasn't going through therapy that I realized oh I can tell people when things make me uncomfortable and now I tell friends all the time I'll be like oh actually you know I don't really like that I actually don't really like when you, when you talk to me like that and they'll be like oh my god I didn't even realize and it's like so less confrontational than I've Always thought it would be, and it's like, and then you don't build up resentment. So that's the second thing I learned from therapy, which is so great. I'm really pushing this therapy, but this is also just a pre talk to then when we talk with uh Maria next week. um So hopefully, she'll be able to give a more in depth into like more serious mental health uh, stuff and all the work she's done. Because um, I know she worked with like. Uh, mental health organization i hope i'm correct about that but i feel like she did comedy shows for one one time so she have, i'm sure she has an insight there but anyway totally went off on a on a rant there to say what was i trying to say you have to pause it okay i literally had to do like an index in my head there of what i was talking about but yes to write down what you want in a partner because then those qualities become attractive because i came over here to new york and I was not, I never felt attractive in Ireland, and I never felt, like, super confident, like, I had great friends, and I have great crack, but, um, yeah, I don't know, I just didn't feel like, then I come over here, I feel like that movie, you know, Brooklyn, where she starts wearing nice clothes, and, like, not, it's not necessarily that I'm wearing any clothes that are nice, so I just feel more confident, I feel like I found my style, still have terrible posture, but whatever, I'm working on that, and um did I press record this yet and then uh uh just like like the highest level of confidence obviously because I had to because of comedy and it feels great and like uh you know when I, I started wearing like a bit of makeup when I came over um and so I was dating like kind of got like you know guys that I would think are very hot and sexy and totally ignoring and then that personality that I was attracted to which was like charismatic narcissistic possessive jealous all that stuff all the bad stuff not that charismatic is bad but it turns out those type of guys were was very charismatic at the start um and 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 if there's and I have also like that two years before Leland like I did have a lot of First, second, third dates with really nice guys. So I'm not talking about them. Because one of them actually listens to podcasts and he's so nice. Um uh, and but that was like trying to get on that journey. That was like where like it's I felt like I had an intervention between my dad and my cousin. Because my after I dated the pulse checker, the guy who didn't believe in space, my dad and my cousin were like, Katie, hey, so you need an intervention. Like, this is ridiculous. So so I started writing out those qualities and then finding people who had those qualities much more attractive. And it's funny because by the time I started dating L- Leland, right before I started dating him, I'd gone on dates with some like really nice guys. There was like a really nice like guy who I went, I went to his apartment and he had, he was like a mathematical genius. He was like, a, what's that? would be like a beautiful mind. He had like mats on the fucking mirror equations and window because he'd run out of space on his big whiteboard and he was just lovely. And another guy, who was lovely, but like, you know, but I was like, okay, like th- I'm not feeling the vibe. So I got to find someone who has these qualities that I feel the vibe with. Um, And by the time I met Leland, I'd like, I stopped wearing makeup, stopped wearing makeup in the pandemic because I was just like, what's the point? Um, And so it kind of like came a little full circle. But uh, uh, then I ended up meeting the person that I'm like so happy to be with. And I said on that list, so and it was all basic shit, you know, nice, kind, sweet funny you know yeah I know it's silly but sometimes you just need to write the basic shit as well and then like more specific like don't doesn't smoke just because uh, I used to smoke cigarettes and I miss them a lot and um, so I don't need to be around that and um, well, oh yeah and then one of the things I wrote makes me tea because I just always I remember a childhood friend telling me that her Dad makes tea and breakfast for her mom every day and brings it up to bed, and that's what she saw growing up. And I just thought that is amazing. That's exactly what I want. Um, and I swear to God, still, and it's a year later. And I always was a bit like at the start, like when Leland started doing this. He every time I'd stay over his or any time he'd stay at mine, he'd get up and make tea in the morning, and. And I, it was just something I mentioned, like he made tea one, I, one morning he got up. He was like, do you want anything? And I was like, oh, I'd love tea. And then he just started, kept doing it. But I always thought, oh, we'll see how long this lasts. But it's a fucking year later, still doing it. And um, so, yeah. So I fucking manifested that. It's not like I told him that that was on the list. Um. So, yeah, I think it's really important to just write down what you want. Uh. Yeah. And all of this to be said is to be said god sometimes how do i have a job where i'm talking with actual words i don't know what i'd be saying um all this i'm saying as well because i'm like signed up to this red and dating app and there were so many stories i was reading them the other day and i was like there were just like people so depressed with modern dating i must i'll read them out and i don't mean to make you sad i'll go find them on my phone one second all right is this recording perfect Okay, oh my god, actually I shouldn't read this out it's this so sad, but so this is like a Reddit. Why am I on Reddit? God, it's God's nightmare. But anyway. I saw of now I get emails and it said, uh I sometimes really Oh, dating is BS. Oh uh, I sometimes really hate doing no, sorry. Fuck. I sometimes really hate dating. It's just so exhausting. You meet someone, isn't that so funny? How weird our voice gets between talking and reading. Like, why can't I just read it the way I talk? Why does it have to be like I, and I can't do it? Because like, look at this now. I sometimes really hate dating. Why do I, wh- why do te- they teach us like that? I want to I want to talk. I want to read the way I talk. I want to read the way I do stand up because I stand do stand up the way I talk. Why can't I? I guess because I would never write it like this. But anyway, I'm just gonna. I'm sorry. I'm going back to my reading voice. Uh, don't judge me. Whew um I sometimes really hate dating it's just so exhausting you meet someone you get your hopes up and then they ghost you are you suddenly not ready for commitment etc I wish I could just wake up in a stable loving relationship and having to go through the process of getting to know someone over and over again and not having to go through oh sorry I fucked that up and not having to go through the process of having to get to get to know someone over and over how do you guys keep going after failed talking stages honestly reading that when I first read that I felt like triggered because it's just like for anybody who's in a healthy relationship I just like I showed it to Leland and I was like don't send me back out there please but you know for people who want relationships it's like you can't give up because I was like a long time and you guys know a long 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 time looking for that um and I think what helped me was kind of not invest in Uh, any long period of time in someone who wasn't looking for a relationship and I quickly was would find out if they were looking for a relationship and I only scared away the ones who didn't want that so it was great didn't waste my time and then uh, because I never wasted longer than three months and even three months is exhausting I started to shorten that down as well as I was meeting people and then, like, just going on to your coffee dates with, like, multiple people. But you don't have to kiss. You don't have to do anything intimate until you feel ready. But, like, getting to know people on, like, a r- more personal level. And that really, really helped me. But I was looking for a relationship. I was looking for, like, a partner because it's so fucking hard in New York. And and it, I got exactly what I want. You know? um, And it's funny as well because those guys where I had that instant connection with, where it was, like, instant passion, amazing sex, um those weren't guys that I could have a long-term connection with and with my obviously with Leland now the sex has gotten better like oh every time so it's like oh you can like meet someone who's great and sweet and nice you might not have that burning passion but it's a different type of passion and it's one you can build on and get to know each other's bodies and like figure out what you like and figuring out you like things you didn't even know you liked and like just uh, uh yeah I guess for me before I was so like like deluded in my like romantic comedies and romantic movies and all the bloody love stuff I'd read read when I was younger that I thought it had to be this fiery passion the whole time and you know like Bridgerton and stuff and it's like oh no but yeah that's really sad anyway I think this is the, the thing as well is just like you need we need a dating app that just has people who are looking for relationships on it And like they can't be liars. And if you find out that they're liars and I know people still need to get to know each other, but then you wouldn't feel like, I think the problem is, is that people are investing time in people who were, who never really wanted a relationship. So they're just getting what they need and then kind of bowing out and ghosting. Whereas I think if someone wants a relationship and they're looking for that and you're getting to know people and then you say, look, I just don't think we connect on this level. So I'm going to move on to the next person. Grand it's the ghost, and two. it's really hard I posted um a meme today on my Instagram story sorry I just like saw lo- swallowed my spit and if you guys heard that I'm not going back to edit it out and if you did I'm really sorry that's disgusting I just it's re- you know anyway but please sign up to my Patreon so you can hear more of these solo episodes <laughs> but uh yeah uh what was I saying fuck oh I posted this uh um thing on Instagram story like I just I get these insane memes all the time on Instagram and it said like, if someone ghosts you, leave them, respect the dead, don't contact them. And I thought it was funny because I was like, respect the dead. But also, a lot of time the dead, don't stay dead. They come back. They, they need to just, uh, Sam Evans, actually my roommate has a great joke about that because he's been on the podcast for, and I said to him about his ex I was like when he first broke up I was like you're just grieving like I know she's didn't die but it's still it's a death of your relationship it's the death of what you had with her so you just have to grieve it and then he wrote a great joke about how like his friend said that me and how yeah well when the dead die they have the respect to stay dead and not go on living and he was like it's not like when my granny died i'm butchering this joke god i should be telling it but you go look at it on his instagram but it's something like i'm not when my it's not like when my granny died she went on living and got hotter on instagram um so and there's more to it but i don't want to fuck it up more um then someone else wrote i agree i'm so fucking burnt out i feel let on i feel not wanted i feel like i don't fit in oh I want someone I can be goofy and silly with, make coffee or tea, be lazy with, laugh, travel. I took an eight-year break from dating therapy, went back to school, and I can't really connect with anyone. I feel more. Mo- I feel most of the, gu- the guys only talk to me because they're bored, and I am someone no one feels a connection with. And the one guy I did, he just couldn't make me a priority. I'm so tired too, friend. Oh god, I need to get off this Reddit. But... I think like for this person, they're just I guess jaded, um, and it's really hard. And I think all the things that they want, like oh, someone to be goofy with, silly with, make coffee with, and tea with, and I, th- that doesn't happen instantly, you know. Like when I first started dating Leland, I was really, really thinking about the advice that um Virgil had given, the Irish guy, the Irish dating guy, and Anwar, and there was another therapist. And three of them had said, you know, give so a nice person four to five dates because m- nice people take a little, lo- uh, little more to open up, and it's actually a bit of a red flag sometimes in like and like what we said with Ray and stuff like. I think comedians find it easier to open up, and then people who will trauma bond will open up really quickly. So, like I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, I just wasn't like it. I wasn't like I was sure straight away, and he knows that. But I was used to dating more toxic people, and then the more he got comfortable with me, I would even say as far as, he probably wasn't until like three months, like super like playful and comfortable with me, like he was, but he was still a bit guarded, and it took him a while, because he was a little introverted, to really open up, and I I probably didn't see that until, and I remember even like dating half a year, and being like, oh he's still opening up, there's still parts of his personality I haven't seen, and so like all that like silly, and uh, goofy stuff, and the, Be lazy with the things that this person's saying. Like that takes time to build. So, firstly, you got to find somebody who's looking for a relationship, and then you got to be willing to invest the time to get to know them. And it's hard though because I think people want it instantly. And then secondly, if you do invest the time with multiple people, it it can it can seem like a waste of time. You just have to be kind of like, look, invest it, and if it doesn't work out, what did you learn? Did you have a great time? Like try and enjoy because I don't regret. The other guys that I dated, be it the shitty ones or the good ones, where it just didn't work out because I learned a lot like, learned a lot about myself and my own fucking toxic behavior and how to. And that's the thing, too like, if you ever come out of a relationship, no matter what, you have to be like, okay, w- what could I do better? What could I work on? And it's a real hard pill to swallow, but no one's perfect and we all have things we need to work on and you know even though i was dating like looney tunes sometimes um like the guy with the ch- pulse checker oh, I like apparently loved the kind of like like what's gonna happen next oh he has X's underwear what's gonna happen next oh he's telling me how to dress and it was like a comfort zone because that's kind of like what i knew and so i had to be like why do i like being wrapped in red flags i need to kind of i need to work on this so uh uh yeah and like how to communicate too and that was a big lesson I learned with like Leland like I think I'm so direct and I'm a great communicator but he even though I was communicating to him he wasn't able to hear that because he communicates a different way it's all mad but anyway back to the that's why you need therapy but my point is it's just like you just have to you know uh, put yourself out there and give someone time to open up and go for nice people and if they're telling you about their absolute mental trauma on the first day, take it as a red flag, because that also means they're not in therapy. Because I can be artist talking about my trauma, and if Leland has trauma, he still hasn't told me. So, and maybe he will one day. Like maybe, and maybe he has none. But um, but I, you know, I don't really need to talk to him about that stuff because I talk to a therapist about it. Uh, and even with my therapist now it's gotten to the point where I'm just telling her I don't want to lose her because I'm like afraid in case I'm like afraid something will happen and I'll need her and, and it's so cheap that I'm like it's like I'm keeping her on as a retainer now at this, at this t- I'm like looking for things I'm like talking to her about my diet recently but um, I also don't know what's the length of time you should go uh to therapy so uh, yeah I'll let you know when I figure that part out I'm sure it's obviously different for every person Brendan Saglo swears that you should just go forever I don't think that's necessary Um, I think I'll stop when I feel like a hundred and ten percent secure that like if something bad does happen again I, I'll be I'll have the skills to deal with it uh, it's just really nice and I have nightmares I still have like mad vivid dreams so I do feel a bit exhausted when I woke up, wake up. Because if I were a conspiracy theorist. I'd believe that I was going off into different realities at night. Because for sake. I'm living like mad lives in my dreams. But it's better than nightmares. I'll tell you that. So um, I'm trying to think what else did I want to say to you before I go. Oh I also saved this post on Instagram. Fuck I have to go get ready. Because I have to go meet Leland for dinner. uh, For our anniversary. I will keep the post actually then for a Patreon. I'm gonna write that down for a Patreon episode. Um, so my plans are Patreon solo twice a month. Uh, oh, and this this or maybe I'll talk about this this post with Maria. But it's it's, it's the different examples of gaslighting and they were actually very subtle that I think sometimes people maybe don't realise that they do it because even in the Sally Rooney book, you know, I don't know if you guys read it. I'm reading beautiful world where are you some people were writing on my instagram story like it's great and other people were like i didn't like it so whatever floats your boat but there was another part in it where her mother really gaslights her and you know because she, she's like explaining to the mother like look when you fight with the sister you expect me to get involved but when my sister fights at me you say you have nothing to, you want nothing to do with it and then the mother responds you're right i'm a terrible mother i don't do anything for you and, and it's like that's not what she said and that's so annoying and it's so gaslighty and i think it's kind of can be like a tactic maybe like people will like jump to and it's like if you if you catch yourself doing that stop because there's no need for that when someone's trying to communicate like fucking listen to them and be like okay well if i'm honest i don't feel comfortable getting involved and maybe i shouldn't you know force you to get involved either but like it just means having to like i don't know what i so, so anyway i was so frustrated uh, so i'll, I'll i saw i as i was reading that then i saw these like suggestions of these different types of gaslighting so i'll, I'll do that um, either on the Patreon or Maria if you have any stories about mental health or anything where you felt like maybe in Ireland or wherever you're from where what could help with like destigmatizing oh my god I can't even say that word destigmatizing it and is it stigmatized where you're from what are the examples do you have any mental health issues have you um uh like what route did you take to to getting your mental health to where you want to be you know i have a friend who's like doing ketamine therapy i have a friend who's doing tmz oh she calls it tmz no oh my god i think that's a tv channel so never mind but i'll have to find out from her but we'll i'll have a great chat with maria so that'll be up early on the patreon on Thursday. And then I'll still do a bunch of interviews with people because when I go to LA, I have a few interviews lined up as well. And then uh, every once in a while, I'll do a solo episode as well. Just, you know, if it's too if it's too busy of a week and I can't get a guest. And for the patrons, sorry there's no video for this episode. I'm just so used to doing the solos without a video. I forgot to put it on. But also I look like shit because I was traveling all over the place today just to get down here to spend my anniversary at Leland. So, yeah. But uh, Patreon is forward slash the shift podcast, uh, Instagram Katie Boyle comic on TikTok, YouTube, DM me if you have any stories that you'd like to share for next week's episode. And if you want to sign up to Patreon, it's pay what you want for the moment. But as of next week, because I'm changing it all up, it won't be. It'll be different. So I'll be putting the older episodes in like an archive and they'll be more expensive to go back through. Um. Just because, you know, I'm just like, oh, God, what was I saying? You know, (laughs) I'm always embarrassed a month later, like, oh, God. (laughs) But yeah, so uh, even though one of the episodes recently was a whole episode about the ultimatum just because I binged it and I'm obsessed with these shitty reality shows. But uh, yeah, so that's up there as well. And also a lot of my stand up is there. So I put all like uh, work in progress jokes that I'm working on and uh, new tags I add. So they're all up there as well other than that i'm gonna go fucking talk for 51 minutes there i love you all thanks again for the support and i hope you like this solo episode and my ramblings and yeah i'm just going through my notes to make sure i said everything but yeah and um so katie taylor is the best that's best and i talked about that in my solo or epi- my episode on the patreon so i won't do too much about it but literally best night ever everybody there was great vibe it was like just like like it was so funny because my friend was like joking she was like we'll be because I was so tired going there she was like we'll be energized off the energy and I was slagging her being like oh we'll be vibed off the vibes and then when we got there I was like I really am vibing off these vibes (laughs) it was just the best night so Katie Taylor's amazing can't believe got to be in history and it was so like inspirational because it's like as a woman doing comedy I do feel like it's a man's world so as she's like boxing and being the first woman one of the two of the first women headlining uh madison square garden and i was like yeah i was like you yeah, know i'm gonna i'm gonna be successful like katie but in comedy <laughs> different punches um but yeah okay fingers crossed but uh yeah so bye love you